This is episode 72 of the Landscape Photography Show, and today we're talking with Tara Workman. And Tara is somebody that I've been following on Instagram for quite some time, and I wanted to reach out to her and get her on the podcast just because of her thoughts and style of photography that I see so much that could add a new perspective to the way that you go out and photograph. So that's why I wanted to have Tara on. We talk about a plethora of things, including growing up in Barbados, the creative culture of Portland, Oregon, and also not having a website and just being happy with your photography and taking your camera out and why that should be the goal for everybody getting started. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into the podcast. We're here with Tara Workman, and Tara's joining us from Portland today. And it's funny, I, I always ask people to come on the podcast if I find them on Instagram or something like that. And I've been following her for a long time. And, and what's really interesting is at times I get I get her work that stands out kind of from everybody else's. So what I wanted to do was ask her to come on the podcast uh, and talk about just her photography, her approach to it. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time out and and joining us today. Before you know, we get into the other questions about photography and about life. Uh, I do want to ask how I start every podcast is just how did you actually get started in landscape photography? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. You know, I'm a big fan uh, of the podcast. Um, so how I got started, um, uh, just generally, I've always been one to I just enjoyed taking family photos and just taking photos on family trips. Um, I also enjoyed buying new cameras and um, basically I wanted a new camera for no good reason. Um, and my husband, he, he called me out and said, you know, if you're going to buy a new camera, you should really learn how to, how to use it. So <laughs> I took a course, uh, learned how to use it. Um, and then basically I, I just wanted to, to learn how to do photography and I started taking photos of everything. So, you know, dogs at dog parks, cause that's where we went a lot. Um, I went downtown Portland, did a lot of, you know, street photography and slowly, you know, I started, started doing more, you know, sunset photos outside of, I have a, I'm very fortunate, you know, we live in the Pacific Northwest, so there's Mount Hood and, you know, there are a lot of places with waterfalls. So I started, you know, doing more hikes and, and taking more photos and gradually, um, I just gravitated towards landscape more and more nature stuff. Um, and, you know, the real answer is, you know, with, with, Instagram, which is where, you know, my photography grew, um, you kind of get herded into a certain mentality and yeah, landscape is where I ended up. Did your husband have any reason to be skeptical on like, if you actually would learn to use the camera? <laughs> uh, oh, for sure. I, I mean, 
he he laughs at me all the time because I always get I get obsessed with things. So, you know, golf or, you know, I have projects and little things that I like to do and and I never, you know, I get into it for a week or two and then and then I move on. And so I I really don't think that he expected that it would become what it's become because we really we don't play golf as much. Um <laughs> we, you know, on weekends I leave him and I'm like I'm I'll be back, you know, in a few hours or something like that. And so I think he he realized he's created a monster. <laughs> I'm I'm like that too though and and during the pandemic one of the hobbies that I picked up was like having these house plants and I don't know how it got started <laughs> but like you said I I became obsessed very quickly and now my wife has pointed out that our house is like a house plant <laughs> morgue because they're all dying. Yeah, oh, that that's pretty sad. I actually I I have a couple of friends who are the you know completely obsessed with plants and I bought maybe 3 and they're doing okay but I know my limits and I know they're you know keeping them alive it's hard <laughs> I'm sorry for your plants Yeah I'm sorry for my <laughs> loss too um several of them actually What oh. what was that first camera that you got do you remember I do um I had a Nex 7 I think it was mm-hmm. a Sony and then the one that I wanted to switch to was the um, Nikon D5500. And, you know, when my husband asked me about it, the reason was that I told him I wanted to, I wanted a camera that I could grow with in photography. And he laughed, essentially, because, you know, I was always shooting on auto and I didn't know what I was doing. So, <laughs> but what, what do you remember was different? about photography and how you latched onto it so strongly, like saying that you were only shooting an auto and you had to learn how to use it another way. Yeah. So for me, I don't know. I, I enjoy memories. I enjoy looking at photos. I enjoy capturing moments. And I, and for me, like with, with family, I'd be the one that would take 10 photos just to make sure of the same person, just to make sure that I got, you know, the one that looks really good with them smiling in the perfect way. Um, And, and so, you know, you take it in auto and that's the way that it looks. And, you know, I look at other people, professional photos and, and I, I, I knew that I couldn't get that effect with, without actual, you know, uh, post-processing and, and stuff like that. And so I had to learn that. I also wanted to be able to, you know, I don't know. I, I like to know what I'm doing. I don't want to just be, even if it's a hobby, I like to know and be good at it. So, yeah. Have you always been artistic? Never, never, ever, ever. Um, my sister was, was the artistic one. You know, she, uh, she would doodle. Um, she would. She actually sold T-shirts that she would, you know, put paintings on, and she did tie-dye and different things. Um, I was more into sports. Um, yeah, I, all I did was, you know, I watched sports and played sports and did track. Um, art was just it, no, <laughs> no. Strong. Okay, strong. And and people who listen to the podcast. I talk sports quite frequently and mm-hmm. I think it could be like a sports podcast, I think. And 
Every yeah. time I start into it, I just see listener rate like plummet into the ground. <laughs> well, um, I en- I enjoy the sports talk, so no worries. Strongest sport was what for you? Uh, I I did a lot of track and field. So I did long jump and triple jump mainly, and then I played tennis. Did you look up to any individual athlete? Um, I actually really, really love Tiger Woods. Um, so I never played golf. Um, I grew up in Barbados and so there wasn't a lot of golf there. Well, there was, but not, not a lot of opportunities. Um, and so when I was probably about 16 was when he turned pro. Um, and I, I watched him, I watched his entire career up to now, you know, I'm just in awe. Just had another back surgery. I saw. I saw. Yeah. It's rough. When's that I, come? I mean, he, he's got to come back from this one too, right? Well, I figure my, my whole thing is I figure he's doing it for the masters. Like if, you know, it's probably something, just a, a tweak, which is insane to me, but uh, yeah, he's probably looking to get back for the masters. That's my, that's my prediction. What do you remember about Barbados growing up there? just the people, just, um, small community. Um, you know, everybody kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't even say seven degrees. It would be like three degrees from somebody, you know, um, which is, which is great. Um, as an adult, it probably isn't as great. Um, but I don't know. It's just, I just think of it as happiness, you know? Um, I had a, I had a great childhood, a lot of fun and, and good people and yeah, good family. And then what was it like moving over stateside? Oh, it's a, it, it's a, it's a big world here and there's a lot more anonymity, um, which is good. Um, but I miss, I miss the community feel. Um, I miss you know, you, you know, even as an adult, you know, some of my, my friends, parents, we still call them auntie and uncle so-and-so, even though we're not family. Um, uh, and so it's just a bigger world. And, um, so you really have to, you know, put your best foot forward in, in terms of making it as well. Um, and I, I think, I think the biggest thing for me, cause I, I'm a family physician is, you know, coming from a small island, um, you feel like you have to really, you know, just you have to make sure that people realize that, OK, you did get a good education and, and you know what you're doing. And so you, you work extra hard just to, you know, make sure that that you do your island proud. Do you is that a weight on your shoulders? Uh, used to be used to be uh, not as much uh, anymore. I feel like. You know, I just, I, yeah, I, I think that, you know, as you get older, you get a little bit more comfortable in your, in your own skin. Um, but definitely when I first moved here, I was, what, 20, 27. Um, and yeah, you, you just don't know what the world has in store for you. And you just want to make sure that you, you do a good job. Do you revisit Barbados now? And, and if so, do you take your camera with you? 
So I try to go at least once a year. I haven't been back since the pandemic. And I take my camera and I have photographed there, I think, once. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because when I go home, I just want to I want to eat. I want to go to the beach. I want to see people. And photography, it, it takes up a lot of time. And then you're tired after. And so usually I have a limited amount of time. So photography is probably the last thing that uh, that I want to do. Okay. I have a question about Barbados culture. But first, you mentioned eating. My mm-hmm. other favorite thing to do. Um, <laughs> d- specific dishes that you would recommend if you're going like Barbados food. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the main dish is this. It's called cuckoo and flying fish. Um, and cuckoo is. I'm sold a, already. <laughs> it it looks like mashed potatoes, but it's more cornmeal, and it's you know it's ground up, and and you eat it. Well, this may I mean this may make or break it for you. So it has like okra in it. And so it's slimy. Um, so some people don't really like it. And some people absolutely love it. I love it. Um, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that there's uh, macaroni pie, which is, it's not mac and cheese, it's kind of a bake. So you make it like mac and cheese, but then you bake it in the oven and ugh, so good. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's incredible. My, I'm like drooling right now. Okay. <sighs> Me too. Cult- culturally, mm-hmm. um, you know, I lived in Haiti for two years. Mm-hmm. I know the culture is not the same, but if I took my camera out with me, if I was walking down the road or if I just had it strapped over my shoulder, mm-hmm. the frequent frequent reaction that I would get from people is they would automatically hold up their hand and say no. Um, even though I'm not taking a picture of them specifically, mm-hmm. if I'm just doing a wide sweeping landscape shot and they're a minuscule pixel within it, mm-hmm. it was hand and no. Yeah. Um, traveling and going back and forth between the United States and Barbados, do you you said you've been and, and you photographed once. Is there a cultural thing that that people should be aware of when, when they are traveling with a camera to approach people or approach a scene differently? Not really. I mean, I think it, it's pretty similar. I mean, we it's a pretty big tourist destination in general. Um, so we used to get a lot of uh, a lot of UK travel, European European. Uh, travelers coming in, and I think Rihanna has kind of <laughs> introduced the, the, you know, the the U.S. to to Barbados a little bit. So we're kind of used to people with cameras and stuff like that. But I think um, if you're gonna incorporate people into your photos, I think you know, just like anywhere else, like you, even if you know you're doing it here, you would just it's it's probably better to ask if it's okay. Um, and but. In in general, if you set up your camera and your tripod and you're shooting a seascape, um, yeah, I, I think that that's that's fine. Nobody's gonna. I don't think anybody would bat an eye, really. Do you think in coming back over stateside? Do you think living in Portland has made you a more creative person? You said you weren't artistic uh, as a child. I don't think Portland specifically. I think fo- the the photography has. Um, because I look at the world very differently. I see 
you know, I see colors, I see contrasts, I see shapes, I see things that I see the light um, and the way that it hits, you know, even even people for for potential portraits, which I won't do. Um, you know, it just I just see beauty in 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 life um, a lot more. So and I, I'm so grateful to it. Well, it seems like there's a really strong community of photographers and I'll even throw out like the hip word creators and out that direction. <laughs> yeah. You you mean just in general that there are a lot of them? Yeah. It seems like that's more of an artistic city. Yeah. No, definitely. But I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the, the motto is keep Portland weird. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of people who want to stand out, you know, in terms of music, in terms of just, just the way that they dress. Um, and the one thing that I loved about here was that I, I'm so boring. And so I'm just surrounded by a variety of just, you know, just free spirits. Um, so, but that, you know, before photography, it didn't penetrate into, you know, my, my consciousness. I still wasn't creative. Um, or at least I didn't think that I was creative. Well, let me ask you this. It's, it's a question that I recently asked William Neal and mm -hmm. I was asking his experience in living in Yosemite. Mm -hmm. Do you think, or how does living in a location shape who you are as a photographer and can it direct you in a certain path? Um, yeah, I think definitely. I mean, for anybody that's starting out in something, you need you need to you, more than likely you're going to be influenced by things, um, and environment influences most of us in in different ways. Whether it's you know creatively or you know just the, the way we eat or the way that we dress, so we can be influenced by all of these things. And, and the one thing that I've learned probably in the last year or so is that um, it also takes a conscious effort to try to move in a different direction from uh, what your environment is showing you. So Portland definitely, you know, well, the Pacific Northwest in general, in terms of my photography, it definitely um, showed me the beauty of landscapes and um, and I, we're incredibly fortunate here in, in that I can, you know, I can go out, drive half an hour, um, to, to an hour and, and just be somewhere magical. Um, and so, you know, there's a plethora of opportunities. Um, but I think the biggest challenge is, you know, okay, you've got, you've got this environment. It's pretty easy uh, what can you do outside of that? What about the people that you go out and photograph with? How do mm -hmm. they shape your style? Oh, um, shape my style. Um, I would if say they do it all. They don't have they, to. No, no. They. I think that that they do. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how to word it. So I think we feed off of each other. Um, we're very, very competitive, but yet supportive. Um, and so we drive each other to, to be better. We share 
information and and we share tools um, in terms of the things that we learn and the things that we we do. Um, in terms of style, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if we influence each other in terms of style because we all kind of have different, like, you know, one of us is, is she's all about astrophotography. Um, you, you had spoken to Jared Armijo um, and he's, his work is very fantasy like, um, and I've got others that love waterfalls and, and grand landscapes. And so we all kind of like different things. Um, but we we teach each other in terms of more the technical aspects of things. And then we go out and shoot with each other and encourage each other to, you know, get shots that we're all jealous of. Now, you mentioned Jared. Who else mm-hmm. are you going out and shooting with? So um, I've got a couple of friends, Alicia Golek, um, Sam, Sam Austin, who... You might know her. Most people know her as uh, Sam Snaps on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Sean Hasselden, um, uh, Michael Howard. Um, so it's a it's a group of about six or seven of us. Hey guys, real quick, I just want to talk about today's sponsor for the podcast, and that's Out of Chicago. And Out of Chicago is coming up with a Out of Chicago live conference with a multitude of photographers that you've heard right here on the Landscape Photography Show. That's coming up April 9th through 11th. Be sure that you sign up for that because it's a massive few day event that's going to have keynote speakers, panel discussions, it's going to have presentations for you to learn about photography and how to connect with your images more, create your own style, and just articulate your creative vision for photography. It's going to be a really fun event, so be sure and jump on that. It's outofchicago.com if you want to go and sign up. And hey, if you're listening after that event takes place, be sure and go to outofchicago.com anyways, because they're having a lot of different conferences throughout the United States and locations that you can go and shoot at as well. Is it easy for you? We just talked about defining style and and how locations and people can help you push you, I should say, to, to create your own. Is it easy for you to define your own style? Sorry, sorry. Is it difficult for me to define my own style? Yeah. Um, nowadays, not so much. And the reason is I've had a lot of people kind of describe what they feel like my style is. And so it's made me kind of look at things a little bit closer. Um, so I think I, I'm, I'm getting better at, at seeing what, what I like, um, and what I, what I tend to shoot more nowadays. So what is the definition? So I would say just a more simplistic, um, somewhat minimalistic um, approach. Um, yeah, just generally simplifying simplifying the, the, the things in nature. Um, you know, just, I don't know. 
less is more sometimes. What does shooting in that way give you, um, whether that be emotionally, um, satisfactory, I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth in that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I can describe that. Um, I think I know that when I see something that is beautiful, I, you know, I'm excited. When I, when I'm out at the coast, I'm happy. Um, when I don't know, when I'm able to capture something that I'm, I'm like, that is, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. It just makes me happy. That's it. And that's what photography is for me. It's, it's kind of, you know, when, when I'm out with my camera, when I'm actually out just in nature nowadays, um, I feel better. Um, and so I'm also, I, I also feel like I'm just better at the simpler, the simpler scenes. Um, I struggle when I, when I shoot grander scenes and I still shoot them, I, I just tend to struggle a little bit more. With what aspect? I think it's, I think it's, it probably is the, the processing it in a way that appeals to me. When I, when I look at, after I'm finishing, finished an edit, I look at it and I'm like, that is nice. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I don't know, but the smaller scenes, I, 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 there's certain ones that I love. Um, Yeah. What do you think those scenes give other people? Like you just said, it gives you happiness. What do you hope and, and think that it gives others? I, so for me, one of the best things about it is one, I, I hope that, that it, it brings happiness as well to other people. But what I love, especially with the abstracts, um, I get a lot of feedback and I think it, it opens people's imaginations to, to see things differently too. Um, and so I get a lot of feedback in terms of what people see in some of the abstracts. And I absolutely love it because I, sometimes I don't even see what they see. Um, and and I think that that's also what, what makes me happier is that I can, you know, I can get people to, to engage in, in a photo. Um, whereas, you know, I, I shoot a waterfall and it's beautiful and people are, you know, people, people want to go visit that and people want to see that and that's beautiful. But if I, if I post an abstract image and somebody doesn't have a clue what it is, or they can't tell if it's a large scene or, or a small scene, um, it actually, you know, encourages an actual conversation, which is nice. Strong conversations. Like, can you give me an example? So let's see. So, so basically I spent a lot of time at the coast, uh, last year because basically we couldn't do, um, we couldn't travel very far. Um, and I had a lot of sand abstracts and, and some, some abstracts of driftwood and, and different things. And people were asking if it was aerial photos, um, drone photos. Um, some people were asking if it was, one of them was oil. Um, and, and even the shapes, you know, sometimes people will see, like there was one image of, of um, water that I, I looked at and I saw an anatomy textbook and other people were seeing curtains or, 
you know, the mane of a, a horse. Um, and I don't know, these things, I, I, I get intrigued by little things like that. So I find it fun. Go back and, and put yourself in the shoes of the photographer who is starting, who is hearing from their husband, hey, like, <laughs> are you going to learn this thing or, or what? Um, and, and to now, did you ever think that you'd be taking photographs that people would connect to on that level? No, no. And it, it's still the fact that I'm on this podcast. It, it, it is mind blowing to me because, you know, I, I listen to this podcast as one of these, you know, googly eyed, like fans of, of the pros. Um, and so for people to actually look at my work and think it's, it's worth talking about, I, you know, no, I would never, I would never have uh, dreamt to, uh, that I would have been here. If it makes you feel any better, I'm googly eyed when people come on and <laughs> talk on the podcast because I'm constantly like, I have no idea what I'm doing with photography. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly where I still am. A lot of, a lot of times it's, it's happy accidents. You know, I, I like, I started, ex, you know, just experimenting with the camera and it's been fun, but you know, some things apparently work out. Happy you, accidents is very Bob Ross of you. <laughs> you know what? He was very insightful. Very insightful guy. <laughs> when we were talking about coming on, um, you were very adamant that you did not have a website. <laughs> I want I want to know number one why that matters to the outside world of of people in photography who just love to do it like is <laughs> is a website viewed as having a step up on everybody else I don't know I feel like it's like the the I don't know it's the poster child for the person who's serious about it you know I I I feel like you know, I don't have a blog post. I don't have a, a website. I just, I post on Instagram and that's it. You know, so I, I just wanted you to know, it's like, do you know what you're at, who you're asking? I just want you to know who you're, who you're putting on your show right now. Well, who am I putting <laughs> on my show? Somebody who likes to take pictures. That's it though. Isn't yeah. that what, you know, people who listen to that a podcast like this or create content <laughs> or consume content want to hear? I have no idea. You'll probably, you'll have to tell me after. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why the, why not create a website? Cause it's work. Uh -huh. It's, it's work. Uh, it's, it's, it's another, it, it's on the list, you know? Also, you know, I, for me, I, I would probably, I'd probably have to cull the, the images that I would really want to, to, I mean, I post a lot, but there are probably a hand few that I would probably put on a website. And I think probably I haven't been ready. So maybe by the end of the, of this year, um, I might be ready. I might have enough images that I feel are website worthy. Do you have a desire to do anything financially with your photography? If it wasn't, if there wasn't the potential for it to become a second job, because the, you know, medicine is hard. Medicine is, 
um, mentally taxing. Um, as much as I love what I do, um, Fridays, I am toast. Um, so it would be nice, you know, for extra income through photography, but I don't want to, I, I enjoy it so much and it helped me through most of 2020, you know, just in terms of the mental health aspect. So, um, just the thought of looking for the financial benefits. I don't know if it's worth it. Um, but maybe, you know, I, I was talking to some friends about, you know, maybe teaching kids, um, that might be nice, you know, where you, you get people to just get kids to just look at things differently and and have fun. But I don't know. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Or dog photography, either one. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, teach dogs how to do photography? No, no, no. No, No, definitely. I I enjoy, I love taking photos of my dogs, so. What is it like for you? I feel like the, the medical industry and my wife's in the medical industry too, very high stress, um, environment, depending on, of course, what clinic and what your profession is within that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like for you when you do pick up a camera, when your boots hit the ground and, and you're on the go outside that breath of fresh air? My brain shuts off. It it's, I'm actually it's it's so nice. I'm not thinking about I'm not thinking about anything really. I'm just I'm just looking. I'm just looking. That's it. You know, I I've gotten to the point where the technical aspect of photography um I I kind of know what I want to do. So for me it's it's about exploring and it's about you know, finding finding things of interest and you know, I, yeah. And and it's it's really nice to not think. You mentioned how it uh, helped you on the mental health side during 2020, and in what ways did it do that? The the same the same not thinking. So I I have these wonderful neighbors who they have a magical garden. So they you know they feed birds, and then they have all of these plants that they plant themselves, and they're in their 70s, and they're always out in their garden. And, um, they invited me to come and just, just take photos of the garden. And so I would, I would basically skulk around in the early morning, um, and just sit there and watch the birds or just, just photograph different flowers. And it was, it was honestly a godsend. Um, so I would do that either on my days off or sometimes just before work started, cause I was working from home a little bit. And just, you know, just the stress of the pandemic just in general and work and, you know, patients were stressed. And so, you know, you have to, you have to calm their fears as much as possible while you're, you know, you're stressed out and you're worried. And I, you know, I'm worried about passing it on to family and and different things when I go to work. Um, So to just sit in a garden where my neighbors would text me, they're in, you know, they're, <laughs> they're at their window and they can see me, they're waving and they're texting to me, how are you doing? And it was just, it was just, photography was the best thing that happened to me last year. It brings up a memory for me 
of when I mentioned, you know, living in Haiti, I was there, uh, we were coming to, uh, our time was coming to a close and there was a lot of cultural unrest against the government. Um, there were riots in the street. You couldn't really go anywhere and drive down the road safely. Mm-hmm. Not that, not that, you know, it's a dangerous or bad place. It was just the people letting the government know how they felt. Yeah. Um, and I was in a, I was very stressed out. Um, and I ended up one afternoon just sitting in the grass and photographed butterflies as they just like hovered around me, something that I'd never done before had any interest in. Yeah. And it's just that the way you describe that, not thinking, just shutting off completely Mm -hmm. and just observing and watching is such a stress relief. It is. And you get to see, and I'm I'm sure that you saw those butterflies in ways that you never, or noticed things about the butterflies that you never noticed before. Mm -hmm. I, I had never really paid attention to spring. And I, I watched, you know, I watched how certain certain plants evolved um through the season and it was just wonderful and i'm picturing those butterflies and that's that sounds wonderful are those tactics something that you implemented to this day whenever you go out and shoot what you mean in terms watching observing you you mentioned watching the plants evolve throughout the seasons yeah um now now i'm more now I think I do, I do that more so. Um, before, I would say, I, I think about two years ago, before I, I would go to places with a shot in mind or a location, you know, you, you know this is the shot. Um, and so there was not a lot of curiosity. Um, whereas now I'm, I'm looking for the opportunities um, as opposed to, checking the weather. I don't know the last time I checked the weather to see whether or not to go out. Um, now it's more, is it going to rain or, you know, am I going to be dumped on? But it's not to see what the clouds are doing or, you know, to see if sunrise is going to be amazing. It's more, I'm just going It's and, and seeing what's there. And so it's, mm. that's what's changed, the curiosity, the um, let, let, you know, if there's an opportunity, I'm going to hopefully see it. We've talked about your background, your childhood, how you got into photography, what you're going through now. I think it'd only be right to talk about, you know, what you see your photography moving towards in the future. I have no idea. Um, I just, I, I hope so far, this has been the the hobby that has stuck with me the longest. <laughs> so my hope is that m- my love for it doesn't wane, you know, um, and that I can stay curious. And I think the biggest struggle for me right now, which is really, really frustrating, <laughs> is so two years ago, I changed my approach because I was feeling like social media was kind of dictating how I was, you know, approaching everything um, and what I was shooting. And I tried to stop caring about that, posting what I found interesting 
now the biggest issue that I'm having, and I actually spoke to a friend about this, I think two nights ago. Um, I find myself caring about what I post because people have taken notice and, um, and I struggle with that because, you know, you, you, you like the kudos, you like the recognition. Um, but what got me here was doing my own thing. And so my hope for the future is that I'm still doing my own thing, whatever that may be. Do you see it moving in a certain style direction? Definitely not. I, I, I don't, I don't think that way. I'm not really, no, I just want to be happy. I want people to be happy. Um, and if photography isn't making me happy, I hope that I have the strength to put it down. <laughs> that's mm. it. That's it. That's no, that what you said right there though, that's so big, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, the pressure that we now face, I feel like of social media and, and how it can affect us, like you said, mm-hmm. pushing us to post a certain way or, or shoot a certain way, having having the, the ability to put the camera down if it's not fun anymore, I right. think it is so big because people, especially if they do start to earn money with it, mm-hmm. say, well, I'm, I'm stuck now. I yeah. don't, I don't like it anymore, but I'm stuck. And, yeah. and that is, think about the rest of the life that you have to live. If we're, you know, I'm 33, if we go to a hundred, mm-hmm. I have 77 more years to live. That is a, a ridiculously <laughs> long amount of time and I'm not going to be miserable doing something in Agreed. that time frame. Agreed. I think, I think for me, you know, one of the biggest changes was figuring out that I wasn't happy with the way that I was shooting before and then figuring out, okay, just shoot for you and whatever, whatever happens, happens. And I got happy there and I'm still happy. I, I'm still enjoying it, but I, I, I need to just keep reminding myself that, you know, this 15 minutes of fame, it's, it is what it is. It's validation that you're putting out work that people enjoy but it's not real life. Like real life is your husband, your dogs, your friends, your, you know, um, but that's also hard because it's human nature to, to enjoy recognition. Well, from what you've said throughout our discussion and what we just talked about there, like, it seems like your photographic journey has been and will continue to be divided into seasons of you know one season concludes the next begins and then I think for me I I learned a lot from you during our discussion on that and having boldness to say no to some things even if that would be putting the camera down well as I said I hope I have the strength so a lot of the things that I say, it's not because I'm doing all of them. It's because I want to do all of them. <laughs> but the idea is there. Indeed. Indeed. She's Tara Workman. Tara, I want to thank you so much for coming on, sharing your thoughts on photography. And hey, you know, maybe one day when you get that website up, <laughs> it'll be enough for you. Maybe. Thanks for having me.